Good morning. How is everyone doing today? Good? Bad? Can you show me? Okay. Okay, somebody is here. Okay. Now we are going to pray for that person today. So I'm very happy uh, this morning because I get to serve with Pastor Joy. And our relationship is, you know, tracing back to 15 years ago when I first came to Denver Seminary. So she taught my, um, at my class, one of my class, uh, pastoral worship class. And I'm just like very happy. And then we got to serve together at Hillcrest Church before. And then now, today, we serve at Connection Church. So I'm just very, very happy. And it's a bummer that, you know, Anna cannot be here today. And just like preparing for the sermon and practicing together, just like bring a lot of joy in my heart to know that there's a lot of diversity at this church. You know, we serve with um, Chris and Willie from Chile and Justin actually, I think his great grandmother or grandma is from Indonesia as well. Probably nobody knows that. And I myself is from Indonesia, Chinese Indonesian. So it is unbelievable to think that the power of the gospel isn't just about that Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our, of our sins. But the divided humanity is reconciled in Christ and joined into a unified worshiping community today. So the Apostle Paul wrote the unity as the major theme of the letter to the Ephesians. And I believe if Paul had a time machine and came back to visit with us worshiping today and then wrote the book of Ephesians, he would have been very proud of us because of the unity we have shown in our worship. Even though we all come from different backgrounds, but we live in Highland Ranch that is not known for its diversity, okay? So in comparison to the city of Ephesus was a bustling, glamorous, cosmopolitan, and multi-ethnic. Ephesus was a big city. There were a lot of people from all over the place like Greece, Egypt, and many from Rome, and also a lot of Jewish population. So the city was very diverse. And when he addressed the Christian in Ephesus, there was not a lot of, you know, division, but there was a mature tensions between the Jews and the Gentiles in the church. Tensions in the church. Have you experienced tension in the church? Never. So it's actually not a new thing. It already happened even in the time of Paul. So don't feel bad, you know, if you feel tension in the church. So Paul wanted the Jews and Gentiles to get along, to live in peace and unity. That's probably the dream of every pastor, every elders, 
and also God that Christians can get along. So in addition, he also wanted his many Gentiles readers to keep growing in their new lifestyle as believers by seizing their former sinful practices and living out the virtues commanded to them by Christ. So we, before we go through our scripture today, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this privilege that I can preach today to my brothers and sisters at Connection Church. Either here or wherever they are right now. Just use this sermon that it can be a blessing for all of us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 4, 1 to 6. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So I would like to move back to Ephesians chapter 1 to 3, you know, just like give us some sum summary. So Paul mentioned over there that both the Jews and Gentiles have been brought nearer to God and be reconciled by the blood of Jesus Christ that they form one new person in Christ. So they have been made alive with Christ and are joined to him in his resurrection and exaltation. That they have been saved and redeemed by, by, by every form of evil. So in other words, when we see Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, therefore, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. You are a new person in Christ. So Paul was appealing to the Christians in Ephesus. You are saved by God. So change your lifestyle according to your new identity. Change your lifestyle. Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Paul reminds his readers that despite his life situation that was constrained physically in Roman custody, he still belongs to God and also is united with God and his exhortation is not simply from himself, but it roots in the will of the Lord. The will of the Lord is to call Christians to enter a relationship with God because they value God's love enough to be shaped in his love. When you love someone so deep, you want to do anything, everything for that person. And then this calling is the responsibility of every Christian, not only the people in ministry. This is not the calling for just Kim or myself or Pastor George. This is the calling to love God and to believe in God by living a life of 
obedience and service to God in every aspect of our life because we are united with God. And God's calling is not a private relationship with Him, but to a life in a community with other believers. It is not about the time that you have to spend before God to meditate on His words or to praise Him every day. You know, instead, it is the life that Christians display in the community to keep the unity of the Spirit when we have God in our life. And then this unity in the church requires a set of virtues and practices that are in contrast to the way people typically relate to each other. So my first point is living our calling focused on unity. Living our calling focused on unity. Love God and love people. Remind you of something? This is our church mission and vision. Love God and love people. So verse 2, it says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So when we live our calling focus on unity, we have to be completely humble and gentle. With complete humility and gentleness, just like it is not easy verses to have because we all have ego, pride, and arrogance. Sadly, Oftentimes, the lack of humanity has caused the division of churches because people strive for power. They don't allow other people to take any credit. When we are dealing with differences, the first reaction that we probably have is to prove that I am right and the other person is wrong. It happens a lot in marriages that we won't be able to listen to our spouse because we say, I am right. Kyle and I always say, wrong. <laughs> you know, wrong. Then our accusation make it difficult for us to continue the conversation because we always think other person is wrong. So when there are different voices at church, we aim to fight for our own views and we also can use scripture to back up our reasonings. And sometimes things can turn messy. Conflict is heated up and conversation can also go wrong when filled with anger that we can no longer be gentle to our own brothers and sisters who are also redeemed by the blood of Christ. So when I was in seminary in Taiwan, I had a lot, I heard a lot of scary stories, you know, scariest, scariest than Halloween from my professors in, in Taiwan. So they also always mentioned when the board meetings at church did not go well, chairs were being thrown, yelling at one another. I saw it one time. I'm just like, oh no. Sadly, I also experienced a couple times being yelled at by people I serve with. And don't worry, it is not at Connection Church. Because I will never allow that to happen again to me. So, frankly speaking, I was hurt, you know, when people yell at me. And I'm still hurt. It takes a long time to heal. 
to be yelled at your elder or deacon, you know, to be yelled at the people who you serve with. And I think sometimes I'm already scared for life, but I'm still not giving up on serving God and people. Sometimes I could have only imagined if non-believers were sitting in the room and see how Christians treat one another. I guarantee none of those non-believers would want to be Christians at all. And then we still wonder why people don't want to come to church. So the lack of humility and gentleness hinder us to work together in harmony and to restore a broken relationship. If we don't seek spiritual unity but pursue only our own conflicting agendas, then unity is impossible. So we are living in an era of division. If you go on Facebook, you will see Christians attacking other Christians because of different political views, different views on vaccines, different views on wearing masks, and etc. And then even at my own family, we are reminded that certain topics cannot be brought up, you know, around the dinner table during Thanksgiving or Christmas, which is sad because different opinions aren't valued and respected anymore. Because we are trying to convert, we are not trying to convert other people to become Christian. We are trying to convert the other sides to our opinions. So to leave our calling focused on unity, ask ourselves when we express our opinion, am I loving God at this moment? Am I loving my spouse, my brothers and sisters, my pastors, my elders, my deacons, my volunteers, my Bible study members? Am I being humble or am I just expressing myself out of ego or anger? Or am I seeking for others' approval? Or am I seeking for God's approval? So when we leave our calling focus on unity, these are all the questions that we need to ask ourselves when we say something. And when we cannot humble and be gentle, before we say anything that can be hurtful, please go to our private room, kneel down and pray to God. May the spirit that keep the unity shows us what to do. Remember, Jesus Christ, he came to this world, humble himself, make himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, be made in human likeness and to meet us where we are. He was so high up there and then he is willing to go down to talk in the language that we understand to meet with us where we are. Can we talk with the people at the church, the loved one, in the language that they understand instead of yelling to one another? Just a reminder to myself when I talk to Kyle. Okay. Or Jerry, the boy in my house, at my, who lives with us. Because sometimes we think that when we yell, it's louder, people will understand. You know, if you talk with non-English speaking person, don't raise your voice because raising your voice will not help them to understand. <laughs> because they just don't understand. So it is not the volume, they just don't understand, okay? 
So be patient, bearing with one another in love. So there is an ancient saying that in a relationship, distance makes the heart grow fonder. But in the close fellowship of the church, keeping a distance towards one another, it was not part of God's plan. Okay, we cannot just like, okay, just stay away from me, you know. When we are too close to one another, there are a lot of opportunities to deal with people who are difficult or offensive. So to keep the unity in the spirit, we have to be patient and slow to anger. It's easy to say, be patient, slow to anger, you know. And because a patient Christian does not rush to give out or get even, okay? The essence of this patient is bearing with one another in love. So when we are loving one another, we won't condemn one another easily or point others' fault easily. So division is impossible when there is patient and love. Unfortunately, in the church, Francis Chan said, we divide easily because we love shallowly. Oh, when I read that, I'm just like, oh, how can we not love shallowly? Spend more time together. Show one another that you really care. Pray for one another. Don't afraid to ask what others' needs are. Love sacrificially. It takes time, effort, and money. And... This month is Pastor Appreciation Month. So show your pastor some love, okay? <laughs> pastor George say that, don't mention it, you know, but show Pastor George some love as well, okay? And Kim and all the teachers and all your Bible study leaders, okay? Because they are also your pastor. So in the past, when I'm, when I'm working in my ministry, I was always focusing on the result that I can achieve. So my former boss is here, Pastor Steve Garcia. Thank you for coming. Things need to be done perfectly. I'm a doer. You know, but now serving at churches over the years, I often time ask myself, how can I love these children that I serve even though sometimes they are testing my patience and very annoying. And then they can bring a lot of reason, you know, why they are being annoying. And then I have to ask myself, have I loved Pastor George, Kim, Amy, Chris, Brittany, and Grace, who I work closely with? Thanks be to God. I can love because I'm first loved by God and a lot of people who pour out their love to me. And that's why... I also know how to love better. So my time working with Pastor Steve, you know, for five years, he showed me a lot of love. And then I'm just like, okay, I want to be like Pastor Steve, you know, who always loved us well. I'm not a perfect person. And I also recognize that all these people who serve with me show me a lot of love. Besides Pastor Steve, now Pastor George. He has, showed, he has shown me a lot of love because we are such a different people. Our style are so different. And sometimes I can be very intense. You never saw me intense, but Pastor George had. So one day I was so intense, like, Pastor George, I cannot finish this conversation. I need time out. 
And Pastor George looked at me, Ruth, I love you. <laughs> Pastor George has embraced me and also appreciates our differences and is willing to learn, to listen, and to get used to my communication style. So it takes humility, gentleness, patience, and love, you know, for Pastor George to, to work with me. You know, Asian woman is not just like very nice, you know. <laughs> Sometimes we can be very fearful. So make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. When we leave our calling focused on unity, we must diligently pursue the unity of the spirit because the spirit is the agent who unifies us and not because of our own efforts. It is the spirit, the Holy Spirit who helps us. It is not because we are such a great person, you know. So peace is a kind of glue that cements members of the church to one another in Christ. I told you at my, you know, previous sermon, I'm not a prayer warrior. You know, I'm not a prayer warrior person. But I've been praying that God bring the peacemaker to come to Connection Church. Bring all the peacemaker to come to Connection Church so we can live in peace with one another. So to strive the unity of the spirit, we must pursue God's agenda, not our own agenda. Remember, we cannot work harder to keep the unity or the peace among one another. Instead, we have to check ourselves when humility, gentleness, patience, love, goodness is not flowing from our hearts. So at that very moment, we need to be aware that we are not connected to the Spirit of God anymore if we cannot be gentle or be patient. And this is a serious matter, you know. Some people just like told me, just like, oh, this is because God created me like this, you know, and give the excuse when they treat people so nasty. So when there is no connection with God, when our relation with God no longer exists, it is impossible for us to love one another. So when our love is shallow, a small disagreement is able to divide us. Okay. How can we make the effort to keep the unity of the spirit? Ask ourselves honestly, where is God in our life right now? If we don't have God and the spirit in us, it is easily you know, controlling our, our own desires, selfish ambition, pride, jealousy, or even our own pain will cause the division. Okay, and it is very difficult to love others. Tell me about it, you know, it, it took me a long time to recover, you know, when I got hurt, especially by the church people. So, so when there is, you know, when there is no God, it is easy for us to see other people fault. And then we'll just like, oh, the misery of my life is caused by other people. And sometimes we cannot see that probably we are the one who caused the division. Remember that Jesus died to pay for our divisiveness and to lead us toward unity. If we don't have the spirit of God, or if we refuse for the spirit to work in our life, 
So I would suggest you to talk with Pastor George or our elders, deacons, or your Bible study leaders, or myself, you know. So how can we walk together with you in this journey? So living our calling, focus on unity, love God and love people are the most important thing. You know, how to keep the unity. Do I love God when I do this thing? Do I love the people when I do this thing? Ask yourself. And then the second point is, leaving our calling and sharing the good news, do something. So verse 4 to verse 6, you know, there is one body and one spirit just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So from these verses, we'll find out that the unity is motivated by theological oneness. All these seven expresses the reality that there's only one gospel. And to believe that gospel is to enter into the unity it creates. So if people have the same Lord, believe this same gospel, and have experienced the same reality being baptized into Christ, we should live out this unity. Because of our union with Christ, we are called to do something. So I pondered these three verses for a long time when I was preparing my sermon. Do I need to explain, you know, all the theological meaning behind these seven of oneness? It's like, just forget about it. Because all the Christians know it is the basis of our belief. But there are a lot of people in this world, in our neighborhood, or even among our families who don't believe in this gospel, just like the people in the Ephesus who believe in magical practices. So for the gentle readers of this letter, this confession about one spirit represents a significant departure from the former's belief and practices. So it is not an easy thing for them because they believe in a lot of gods. So when some of my friends in Taiwan declared that they would like to follow God and departed from their former practices, sometimes they could be disowned by their own family. So to prevent to be disowned by their families, they can only follow God secretly. You know, I baptized some of the visiting scholars from China before in secret, you know, because they don't want to be known by the public. Their faith in God came with a price. So it is a blessing to a lot of us to have the freedom to follow Christ. And I hope that we don't stop here after we believe God. Instead, we are called to share this good news that give us the hope of eternal life. Do something by sharing God's love to your loved ones, even though sometimes it can be very discouraging. So after evangelizing a lot of people in my life, the one person that I was unsuccessful, unsuccessful to evangelize was my dad. Whenever I think about it, it always made me very happy, uh, very sad, you know, I'm just like, oh, my dad, you know, he already passed away several years ago. But I want to encourage you, please don't lose heart if your loved one are not walking with Christ right now. We have to hold on the hope that Christ is the one who can work in their life. And we can live our calling by sharing the good news and by loving them, praying without ceasing, and asking God to keep working in our life 
so that we can be the vessels that God used to bless others. Instead of being a person who causes division and being stumbling block for others. So living our calling, focus on unity, love God and love other people. Living our calling on sharing the good news, do something so that they know the hope that we have. So that we can be in unity in this church, I would like to encourage you to go to the membership class next month, okay? November 7 and 14. Why? You know, it does not force you to be a member so that we can be united in our mission and vision so you understand what we are doing, so you understand how you can do something at this church. If you don't want to do anything, it's fine, you know, it is fine. But at least let, allow us to get to know you so we can do something in your life. We can pray for you. So I would like to invite Pastor Joy for the benediction. And now we are going to do it differently with a song. And then, you know, since this is also my favorite song, I also want to sing with Pastor Joy. <laughs> The song reminds us that we are exactly, as Pastor Ruth has said, bound by the Spirit. And as we are priests in each other's lives, we can bless each other. It's not just the pastor blessing you. I ask you to stand. You may have, some of you may have heard this before, maybe not, but we're going to give it a really good try. You're going to know it by the end. My friends, may you grow in grace. My friends, may you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. My friends, may you grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let's sing that much again, my friends. My friends, may you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. My friends, may you grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. To God be the Pastor Ruth's favorite song. We're going to do the whole thing again. My friends, may you grow. 